Hello and welcome to the Naval Air Podcast uh, with your hosts Mike and Scott. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Mike. Uh, good to be back with you and uh, our uh, listeners and more reminiscing and uh, discussion about uh, what it was like to go through the Naval Air Crewman slash aviation anti-submarine warfare pipeline in the uh, early 1980s. And, and it's kind of sad we got to be that specific about it, huh? <laughs> yes, because it's all uh, gone now. I yeah. mean, uh, and it changes. the only thing that's... Yep. I mean, even... I'm, you know, okay, so even in your time, right? In the time you spent, it changed. It evolved somewhat. Yes. Especially when the platform changes. So, but yeah, so we... And I think it's important for us to point out we're that specific just so people don't think we're blowing smoke. Right. You know, you know, you'll get people saying, well, wasn't that being for me? Yes, you're probably right. Just like it's different. Yeah, everybody, everybody's uh, um, experience um, had its individual uh, um, differences, but uh, a lot of the stuff was common as far as the schools that we attended and the, and the syllabuses that we attended and things like that. That's that's where the common ground is. And that's what, to me, is what the fascinating part of it is. Uh, hopefully, as we're able to grow this more, um, getting everybody's uh, individual uh, stories about, uh, you know, what that time frame was like in uh, not only uh, our community in, and in our rate, but also the perspective of uh, the uh, history, you know, global history, what was going on at that period of time that, uh, we were at the tip of the spear. Cold warriors. That's right. You could thank um, us for the collapse of the, well, Ronnie, you could thank Ronnie. I'm, I think at the time, I don't, I don't, you know, looking back and reflecting on it, I understand more, but at that time I, uh, you know, I was still, you know, very young and I didn't really understand the big picture. I was more excited about just, you know, uh, getting out there and, uh, having the opportunity to actually do some real world um prosecutions yeah, on uh the job we were Soviet trained for, submarines. Right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, and 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 it was really encapsulated into a brief six week period, but it was a very intense six week period that I uh I have a lot of memories of and I'm sure that we'll get to that at some point. Yes. But right now we're gonna talk about the early stages of that. that right. Um so if you're following along and you were with us last time. You know, we finished up our our five-week stint in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, we had our graduation ceremony. And, and uh, coming out of basic training, the whole, the whole stops are already planned out. We already know where we're going because we've been told since the beginning it's A, B, C, D, and E in, in this order. And then it branches depending if you go fixed wing or not. So... We're in Pensacola, yeah, Florida. Th- Go ahead. Yeah, I think we last last left off. Basically, we're uh, you know we came came from Pensacola, uh, and then we got to N A T T C Millington or Naval Air Technical Training Center, uh, Millington, Tennessee. And you and, and you uh, got and you got to wonder what a naval activity in the middle of the country is like, right? Exactly, like. But it had been there since World War II. It was the main naval training center, and as a as a function of that, many of the buildings when uh, Mike and I were there were still 
actually from the World War II era. They had the old, uh, if you look at pictures on the internet uh, of uh, Memphis, even at that time, the old white two-story wooden uh, buildings. There were some modern buildings in certain parts of the base, but uh, there was still a lot of old uh, facilities left over from uh, the war years. And that's where, um, the, that's where the Marines had to stay. The, yes. The Marines, we, the, the Marines we had relatively there. modern quarters where uh, Mike and I were uh, billeted for the AWA school. Um, you know, that, that uh, culture shock we're talking around, uh, Mike and I uh, got uh, into like temporary barracks there and we're kind of moping around for the weekend wondering what the hell we were doing there <laughs> and awesome. and understanding the fact that we're going to be stuck there for at least at a minimum uh 16 weeks plus because that's the yeah the uh the amount of time that aw boot camp i'm sorry aw uh a school took plus the theoretical two week uh aviation fundamentals uh that you had everybody in uh aviation had gone through fortunately and i don't know if mike remembers this fact or not but we came in not too terribly long after the navy finally wised up and dropped the requirement for aws to attend what the navy called bwe or basic electronics and uh electricity no, which is a, I did a not, four-week course i did yeah. not know we had to get we we uh, a, a, yeah they stopped doing it like in the and about the in the late 70s so we we missed it by about three or four years, maybe. So so is that the same time they started making people go to NACUS, right? Because they didn't have air, yeah air crew yeah school. all they they kind of changed the way they were they wanted to really specialize with uh, you know they created the AW rate in 1969. So it was still it was actually a relatively new rate in the Navy. I mean it was a little over 10 years old, and I think it just took them a little time to really realize that um, some of the training that we did was a little bit superfluous but uh along those lines one of the things i was uh thinking about talking about was the overall way that uh the a school was laid out so as mike had mentioned uh in his explanation of the aw platforms at the at that time that mike and i served in the navy had what was known as the vp community or the patrol squadrons which was land-based uh lockheed p3 Orion uh, turboprop aircraft. Well, they carried three AWs, and at the time there was actually 20 fleet squadrons, of which each squadron had nine airplanes. So if you do the math, um, that's quite a few personnel so compared 20, to. So 27, at least 27 operators. Exactly, and then you might have a couple extras, you know, like the the, the chiefs and things like yeah. that that. But I think even they were in the combat crews, too. So, yeah, you essentially had, you know, 27 or 30 AWs times 20 plus the reserve squadrons. And I wow. think there was six – I think there was about six reserve squadrons at the time as well. You know, they had a reserve squadron at Whidbey Island, uh, Point Magoo, uh, New Orleans. At the time when Mike and I, there was one in Memphis, yep. Willow uh -huh. Grove, and uh, Maine. South Weymouth, Massachusetts. Was so, it, there wasn't one there was in Brunswick a, either? There might have been one in Brunswick, too. And I think, actually, there was one in uh, Pax River, now that I think about it, So, and Jacksonville. So there was actually maybe even more than six. And that doesn't include the uh, fleet replacement squadrons on each coast, VP-30 
31 in Moffett Field, VP30 in uh, Jacksonville, and the two special projects uh, squadron. So there was a lot of AWs that the Navy had to crank out in order to keep those squadrons up and running. And by comparison, the helicopter community was much smaller. Yep. HS Squadron only had six helicopters, and the H-3 at the time, it carried two, and then the helicopter that Mike and I flew in only carried one air crewman, and each H- uh, HSL Squadron at the time, I believe, had ten helicopters. Ten, we had ten airplanes, yeah. Typically, and then five to six at sea, and four to five at home. And then last but not least was the VS community, which was the carrier-based um, component of the uh, ASW um, community that operated as part of the carrier air wing. And I believe they had six, six aircraft, six. and they only carried one air crewman. It was a very, they were the smallest community of them all, even smaller than uh, the HSL community that Mike and I were uh, attached to. Yeah, I think their AW shops are 20 people or less. Yeah. So having said that, the AWA school was primarily set up to train VP air crewmen. Yep, yep. Um, you know, they had they threw a few things in there. And most of the skills that Mike and I learned really didn't have a whole lot to do with what we learned in A school. Uh, to, in, in reflection on it. I mean, there were a few things, but mo- mostly AWA school was geared toward uh, the VP community. Of course, at that time, we really had no idea where we were going and what we were going to be doing. We might have had in mind what we wanted to do. So we sort of had, an, I would I would say, at least in my case, I had an open mind and wanted to learn everything. I mean, I was, uh, like like almost all of us, we were pretty motivated. You know, they kind of Gave us a little speech there, I think, in the in-doc, you know, that uh, AWs are, you know, the uh, the elite in the uh, listed aviation ranks. And uh, we were expected to perform at a higher yep. uh, level of performance, not only in uniform, but out of uniform as well. So we are expected to behave ourselves. And generally speaking, AWs did. So a little higher level of maturity, a lot of, a lot of hits say including myself college dropouts i don't know about the maturity uh, the, comment i yeah i seem to recall all kinds of shenanigans well we you know? we had we had fun too i yeah. mean there's I mean, we were all young of course and we're you know having a big time so lots of egos lots of outsized personalities yes, yes. a lot of ego a <laughs> uh, big ego in the uh in the awa school uh ranks um, kind of got yourself, they kind of pumped you up a little bit down there in Pensacola, got you primed. And, and then they just started adding to that, uh, mystique, I guess you could call it of being an air crewman in the Navy because not too many people got really got to do what we did. I mean, it was a very small rate to begin with. One of the smallest, uh, in the Navy, maybe the smallest in the, uh, aviation community. And then you broke it down even further to the ones that were rescue swimmers, uh, and the helicopter community got even smaller. So, um, so the syllabus, I believe, if I remember correctly, was 16 weeks plus two weeks of aviation fundamentals or a fun as A-fun. we called it. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't remember. Now I do have some memories of a fun and Mike did, uh, give a pretty good, uh, uh, review of it. Uh, 
it was self-paced. Uh, they had workbooks. Some of the stuff was really, really like extremely basic. Like they, you would show. I, I remember one workbook that had like showed pictures of the different types of support equipment, like your your NAND cart, which was the nitrogen cart. You know, the JG seventy five, the tow tractor, and then the uh, the NC eight of which Mike and I and I became very <laughs> intimately familiar with later on. Uh, and I seem to remember getting through what took about scheduled two weeks. I was like, you know, flying through this to the point where I think even before the first week was over, I moved into the practical phase and, and the practical phase I thought was a little bit hokey, but, um, they had us do a little sheet metal work. Um, I think they gave us a couple of, uh, prefabricated, uh, things that, uh, we had to bolt together and, and then we had wire. a safety wire. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, uh, they had civilians teaching that they were all like retired master chiefs and, uh, older gentlemen. They were pretty crusty, but they're also pretty cool, pretty friendly. You know, they, they just, uh, you know, it was their retirement job. So, um, Happy to be got that done. And, you know, Mike and I were in the same AW, uh, a school class. So we basically probably finished up that stuff, um, roughly about the same time. And, you know, it's funny you bring that up, right? Cause I was looking at the pictures trying to, trying to think, you know, when we were looking, comparing air crew school picture with a school picture and, and there's faces that were the same and faces that weren't right. Yeah. So, so, so some of the guys that weren't were obviously guys that took longer, maybe milked the A fun train a little bit, right? Didn't didn't bonsai through it, and we you know, or we essentially caught up to them, uh, right? You know that kind of a well, thing. Well, I huh? think we also the figure the quicker we get done, the quicker that we can get the hell out of Memphis. <laughs> I think that might have, might have been on our minds as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of grew on me a little bit, you know, as time went along. But in the beginning, I was just, man, this place really sucks, you know. Um, so the first week, uh, and as I, I mentioned, I think before in the in-doc phase, they handed out a math book that had a bunch of algebra problems. And then these other things that uh, what they were trying to do was, was get us uh, – well, they wanted to assess your mathematic uh, um, aptitude, I believe. Well, because the first week of A school was nothing but math, yeah, and we were um, learning what we called magic a holes. Magic assholes, no, was, it's okay. <laughs> yes, but they didn't call and, them that. And we, they were algebra, algebraic type equations yes. that were used to perform what was known as acoustic analysis because a lot of what uh, you do in the submarine anti-submarine warfare uh, game and it kind of is a game is based upon acoustic signatures every class of submarine has a specific uh, signature they have things that spin around that create you know rotational frequencies and then there's some things that uh are related to the flow of the submarine through the water, which some of that stuff actually was um, classified. Actually, all this stuff was classified, but the stuff that dealt with the submarine moving through the water, those things were very, well, they were at the secret level, but 
Um, they were compromised by the walkers later on, and they actually changed all the acronyms for those later on. Really? Yeah. Really? Um, but see, we I, I think we were... We refer to them as what furs and hars and hairs and all these different things. Well, they, they changed all that later on. Like when I was teaching AW or teaching the Common Core, and apparently, you know, the Walker clan uh, compromised a lot of that information, and the Russians understood more about what we were doing and how we were exploiting uh, a certain frequency spectrum. They didn't they didn't even realize that we were able to track them in the in the low frequencies because they were more interested in the higher frequencies apparently because our submarines were so quiet they couldn't detect our our uh you know machinery yeah. so yeah. they needed to you know, go for the higher frequencies which were related more to uh harmonics related to resonance of the hull moving through the water and all these things that um nauseatingly uh <laughs> remembering that isn't really very interesting no um, no but the the i want one point of contention is that the magic asshole thing didn't come till we got back into the acoustic phase you know they didn't tell us you didn't that first week no of, we didn't know what we were actually no, doing that first no. week of math was just basic algebra Four, to, 4x basic plus algebra. y equals 12 you know exactly and it, they were just just basically getting us in that mode of doing algebra and because you had because uh. in in the acoustic analysis thing is if you knew two of the values you could extrapolate the third and when you had all three you you and believe it or not mike trip. i remember the name of the instructor for that phase of training it was awc west <laughs> do you remember that name does that sound familiar I, I don't remember any chiefs in our in in the acoustic phase i remember yeah i remember two he, he was... two first class one was a guy named kenny i can't remember his last name um, he actually rotated to VP31 about, um, I don't know, maybe maybe two two or three months later because he hit me up for a ride to the airport in San Diego. He rolled through San Diego uh, for some refresher, might have been even Common Core for all I know, and he asked for a ride to the airport to take him up to Moffitt. And so mm -hmm. he was one of our instructors. And there was a, 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 two second classes. One of them was a... a non-acoustic dude yeah we had an we had an aw2 for oral listening that was an hs guy and um but the chief the only chief i remember was the chief that was with us for radar and mad the maybe maybe that's who i'm thinking about i don't know he was kind of a he's kind of a flip dude right you know he was yeah he would like to he'd like to pose those uh scenarios on you i remember very right. clearly him hitting it okay you know I show up to the airplane drunk. What are you going to tell me? You know, what, yeah. are, you, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to tell you you shouldn't fly. And he's like, I'm a chief. You can't tell me nothing. <laughs> right. Why, why would you set him up for that failure, right? But yeah, that's... So I believe math was a week long. Yeah. And that was where the first people started falling by the wayside yeah, there. Yeah, you'd be surprised, right? They passed the ASVAB. Yeah. They have, they're supposedly have the aptitude for it, but... they. And it was more than a couple people that got dropped or set back to the... You know, to start over again, uh, maybe a half dozen people, because, you know, if you look at our graduation picture on uh, on the website there, you know, we had a relatively small group by the time we finished. I think we started with probably a third more than that. Really? Uh, yeah. That's I remember the one guy from our uh, a couple guys from our air, air crew class that were started in that class that didn't make it through the math test. The one 
uh, Hispanic guy. Yeah. He, he didn't make it through the math test. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, you know, simple algebra, but it was also, you know, it's timed. They wanted you to do it kind of. Yeah, that's right. Not, not quick, but you know, not slow where you're counting on your fingers and toes. Right. It was, um, yeah, they wanted, they wanted then, some speed out of it. And then the next phase, uh, um, and the way that the built, the, it was actually a very large building that we're in. It was a two story building. And uh, we were on one end of it, and the AEA school was on the other end of it. And they you moved like classrooms. Like they had the math classroom, the and then you one, moved yeah. like next door to the, uh, I believe the next phase was the navigation. Air navigation, phase. yeah. Air navigation. And I think that was a week long. Yep. Maybe it was two. I forget. No, I, no, it was only a week. It was a week. Because if you, and, looking, looking back, it's really more algebra. Yeah. Really? And like really, doing those wind triangle things. Yeah. And, and they give you the E6B um, whiz wheel to, you know, figure out yep. wind. Yeah, yeah. Yep, we did that. <laughs> I mean, for me, that was easy. I mean, I already had well, a, I would say I would hope uh, so. a commercial pilot certificate and instrument rating. So that was like really easy for me. Um, and it wasn't really that. I don't think anything they gave us in that phase was too particularly difficult. I don't remember anybody dropping out of that. The only and, thing, the only thing I, was, that was, uh, you know, for me was learning to use the wheel. You know, right. the fuel because you had to fuel consumption was one of the things. Again, you have two of three, you have two out of three numbers, and you this wheel will well you can put it in there. You rotate it to, you know, time and distance, whatever, and it gives you your fuel consumption, or you know your fuel consumption and how far can you go. And and that was that was the thing for me that required a little extra effort was. And see, I I kind of played dumb when I was in that class because <laughs> I didn't want the instructor to catch on that. Oh well, you already know all this stuff, and you know that's never good because uh, if they know, yeah, that's, right, that's never. I good. just play. I just play dumb. More. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was kind of, I would say, kind of non-eventful. Um, and then we moved on to the two-week phase of non-acoustic stuff. Yeah, radar mad. And that, and that was interesting. I remember one of the days. I mean, they actually showed us uh, like what the magnetometer from an uh, an ASQ ten. Now, Mike and I later on were associated with the ASQ-81, which is the magnetic anomaly detecting uh, equipment, which essentially is a magnetometer that detects uh, fluctuations in the Earth's magnetic lines of flux that go from the North Pole to the South Pole. And without getting too technical, um, this particular piece of equipment actually used a mechanical gimbal type thing to do it, whereas the ASQ-81 used an optical pump with helium and anyway, I'll, don't, I won't get that? too. I don't remember any. <laughs> I won't get too crazy with that stuff. But, I remember uh, seeing. The, I remember seeing the 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 one that was in the classroom was out of a a P uh, a P2 maybe. A P2. Yeah, yeah, it was out of yeah, a P2. That's right. Yeah, I remember the instructor. You know, and he showed us the control panel and they talked big, about yeah. doing the uh, the magnetic compensation and all this other kind of stuff that. Kind of went right over my head at the time. Uh, I was so glad we'd have to do math uh, comps. <laughs> and then a little bit about, you know, we learned a little bit about radar, you know. Pulse. And a lot of the stuff we learned about radar was nomenclature about, yes. like, what is a PRF, what pulse, pulse repetition, repetition frequency, frequency. Uh, you know, what frequency bands the radar operate in, uh, what's a PPI, you know, plant position indicator. Yeah. Now, that part of the training actually was valuable later on Yep. when Mike and I – 
started learning how to run radar because it's like, oh, okay, I already know what all this stuff is. Now I'm actually operating a radar set and I'm applying some of that to understanding like, you know, range resolution and bearing resolution, what's, what, uh, how the, you know, horizontal beam width and pulse repetition frequencies and pulse widths and all that affect the ability of a radar to d d discern between one target or two targets or you know you can tell a lot by a radar echo when you're an experienced operator if it's a a large target or a small target two small targets um, yeah. exactly so that was kind of interesting and i think we learned a, a little bit about maybe a, a very tiny bit little bit about forward looking infrared yeah i remember they showed uh, us a uh they showed us a, a video film, a video about the a6e uh, that had the was new the flare the flare on it was new well when, it, yep. when the video was made it was new in 80, in 83 i'm not so but sure but i think <laughs> they put the similar system was on the p3 and the s3 so yeah. kind of the same basic uh, system and i believe the next phase was called it was ocean o alpha no which was ocean o ocean o was first Alpha was okay, so Alpha we, was in the cage. Oceano was the last. See, I was thinking about that today, Mike. I thought that Alpha was outside the cage, and then Bravo and Charlie were behind the cage. But I, like I said, mm, you know, this is a little maybe, fuzzy. Maybe, maybe I, I remember all three phases of acoustics being behind the cage. Yeah, we now we definitely know Bravo and Charlie were. Yes, uh, for sure. So that that's a little fuzzy. We'll have to maybe do a little research on yeah. that. Get a hold of some of our or so, uh, buddies. Or somebody else might remember maybe, better. Yeah. Maybe you aren't as senile as I am. Um, but Oceano was next, so, for sure. Uh, yep, and, and oceanography I thought was very interesting. I think that was two weeks long. You know, yeah, I don't remember that was, specifically. That was a make or break for uh, some people, too. Yeah, and that really I didn't think was that difficult either. Um, you know, we learned about uh, the uh, what, we, what we called in the uh, AW world sound propagation, you know, laws of reciprocity and – you know the the density of of water and versus how, the density of air and how it affects yes. and how, speed excuse me speed of sound and all these different and things i think we learned a little bit about uh what a bathy thermograph is i yes. think they actually had a bt buoy or something like that and it and how showed temperature, us what a bt trace and the temperature yeah. salinity and pressure how they affect sound how the, how the, the depth yep how the depth of the water form. how the depth of the water uh, you know affects the sound Yep. Um, there we found we just you know we they, we got taught there's usually a uh, what they call a thermocline a a sharp um, change in water temperature. That's the that's the layer the layer depth. Yeah. Because below that, and we learned if I remember, we also learned about the different uh, um, propagation paths of yep. sound, which direct would be path, direct path, path convergent zone, uh, convergent zone. Yeah. Bottom bounce. <laughs> yes, bottom bounce. <laughs> uh, and and how we didn't really learn till later about how you could tell and I don't even remember them teaching us that. I mean I definitely learned about it later, but how you could look at a gram and tell what type of propagation path you had. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, that, that had they taught us that about that I think in Common Core. That might okay, yeah, because Common Core is way, yeah, way back up. Way now they intense. explained some things, but they didn't tell us what it was in A school. Like, they showed us bathtub effect and pine tree effect and all this stuff, which, again, oh, I'm getting a yeah. little bit uh, yeah, esoteric the, with some of this the, terminology. But it's the way the gram. They works didn't out. really, 
uh, tell us what it was. They just said, yeah, this is bathtub effect. Oh, okay. And we come to find out later on, well, that's convergence zone, you know? Yeah. So, it, uh, I mean, for, for listeners' sake, right, um, that knowing knowing the, the oceanography or the, the effect of water on sound uh, has a direct bearing on, um, you know, when you learn when you learn to put buoys in the water, right? Because they told they told us there that you could have a buoy set to shallow depth, and if the uh, submarine's under the layer, it won't hear it, or it'll sound farther away right. than it actually is. So and and, and and Mike and I were really not in a search platform. No, we're more, <laughs> we're more in a uh, localization. a localization attack uh, platform. So we'll and we'll we'll talk about that uh, probably at some point. Um, the, uh, but the oceanography was a, a very important, uh, foundation, uh, in a school to move on to what we did next. Um, so what we did next was as Mike, uh, described in his, um, oral history that they broke the acoustic analysis phase into what they called alpha, bravo, and Charlie. And then Going through, you know, the the barracks uh, banter, you know, everybody was um, talking about how, you know, they couldn't tell you anything about Bravo because <laughs> that's right. That, that's classified. There's no right? gouge. The, but, no gouge. Yeah, but there's no gouge there, right? So now you're, and they're all sweating bullets over it. You know, they're they're going back for night study afterwards, and that's the other thing about uh, the uh, that we haven't talked about too much is just. I look back on it and I, I think to myself, how, how did I actually, you know, uh, you, you kind of had to learn how to really get along with people because, you know, you're, you're in this, in this barracks, you're in a five man room of which there's people from different, um, all walks of life. going to say walks of walk, There's definitely different people, walks of life, but also different phases of training too. Oh yeah. You, know, yeah, you, you yeah. started out, you're the newbie in the room. And then like when I left, I had the single bed next to the wall because i was the senior guy in the room in the beginning i started out on a top bunk. on a top bunk and you know that kind of thing so there was a little bit of a, a pecking order there and then you know there was a lot of guys all getting ready and you know you got to take a shower and shave and get your uniform on and be out there we marched off by class and when you marched off you as the, as you move up in class you move up in in the uh, ranks basically the the senior class i think the last week you got to straggle the class but the, the up to that yeah. point second to last you're you're in the front and then stratified down to you know like mike and i start out we're in like tail end charlie group and then we started moving up and then once you moved up and you're not the most junior class anymore you can kind of blend into the woodwork um yep while you're there um and then you're just kind of one of the guys, but up until then you're you're the uh, what they what they referred to in uh, in in Memphis there as a as a newbie. Um, but we might want to so point out that, to a, that that school yeah, that school is from six to noon. That's right, six we, to noon. We so you had to be up early. Yeah, we had to be out outside and, the barracks. You know, five fifteen, five twenty-ish, and we stepped off at five thirty. Uh, and we snaked our way to the to the schoolhouse for school to start at six. Um, we got breaks and yeah, whatnot. You had to have you know your uniforms had to be squared away because they're you know they're watching for that. Dungarees, uh, dungarees. That's yeah. You know, with your shirts ironed and your shoe, yep. your boots Shine. shined and all. Well, yep. so 
Or you cheated um, with the car frames. Right, exactly. <laughs> so there was that aspect uh, to it. Um, Alpha was, I believe, that's when we really started learning about the, the what the magic assholes really were, right? Yep, yep. Is that right? And they showed us grams, you know, simple, yep. simple low far grams, um, which I've described like, before you know, is, is like looking at the snow on a television screen. And yes, exactly. And, except it might be more organized. And there's lines. Uh, there's and, there's lines of lines. Shade, shade, shade. Where there's like shades of lines and um, and we're we're. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're learning how to do what they call acoustic analysis using a LOFAR gram. And LOFAR, which used to be uh, confidential, it's no longer classified, but it, that's what's known as low-frequency analyzing and recording. So in other words, it's a time versus frequency gram. And... The yeah. way it's uh, we, displayed depends on what type of platform you're in. Like, uh, you know, come to find out, I think a lot of our grams came from uh, P3s or even SOSA stations as well. Yeah, yeah. All paper because the P3s yeah. generated the, the grams on paper. Well, even some ships, you know, because the ship I was on had a – the sonar techs had an AQA7, you know, up, right. up there. Um but, and that was the state of the art was that AQA7 uh, recorder, which uses a heat-sensitive paper and a stylus that kind of moves as it reacts to the sound. Yeah. And Gee they made stuff. these big pieces of paper, basically, and, and laminated them because then you're going to be using – you had to annotate. Yep. You know, if I remember, red you, pen. you red drew pen. a line across the middle of it, and then uh, you had these things called uh, – Am I skipping too far ahead over no. the uh, magic assholes or? Uh... No, no, no. Uh, it's all. It's that all was, how it's long all, was that? A week? It's all tied together. Alpha. Al I don't remember. You know, Alpha was maybe a week. May yeah, had to have been a week because Bravo was the intense one, and that was two weeks. Yeah. And it was one test yeah. after two weeks. So Alpha was more to get you the idea. This is a gram. This is how you, you know. Here's some ten point dividers, right? The, these little. It's like harmonic dividers. They would. They would. Exp Think of like a baby gate that expands and closes, and they the little points they they're equidistant no matter how wide or how narrow you have it pushed, right? So they would tell you that they would they would tell you things like, okay, so you're looking at this paper, and this is the sound in the water, and the types of sound in the water can be from engine noise, from blades, you know, uh, propeller blades. Um, those are the first two things they would teach us, and then they would say, okay, so the components of engine noise are, I don't, you know, tell me, tell me if I'm getting too far into it, Scott, but it's, you know, crankshaft rate and cylinder rate yep. equals engine rate. So you can yeah, look. Yeah, because a rate is something that occurs per, per uh, uh, you know, uh, anything that rotates. We, we use the, the, the terminology cycles per second. Yes. So a rate was the number of cycles per second. Well, hertz, right? <laughs> That's hertz. Yeah, hertz. Yeah, uh, yeah so, hertz. So yeah, it, which is which is what a cycle per second is. It's a hertz. So the 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 oh. alpha was basically getting up to speed that you're looking at engine noise in the water and blade noise in the water, um, and also maybe some auxiliary noise in the water. You know, um, you know things like water pumps and stuff like that. They didn't tell you. It wasn't wasn't until Bravo where they start uh, assign, assigning these signatures to classes of submarine 
right? So alpha was just get you. This is a gram. Yep. These are the these are the sounds it's putting in, and these are the magic assholes to help you decide what yeah. you're looking at. And you well, they didn't tell the, us what class they were. It was like it's a type, you know, like a type one nuke or yeah, but that came what have alpha. you. We didn't learn that till Common Core, if I remember correctly. No, we 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 uh, learned about type one, two, and three because we had to annotate it, right? We all know the type one nuke is the. But we but we didn't know that a type one nuke was a. Oh, Hotel Ho- Echo, Echo, Echo Echo November, yeah, November. correct, correct. That was Common Core. You're right. Mm-hmm. But we knew a Type One nuke had a 10.98 to one gear ratio, <laughs> right? Look, mm-hmm. Did you see that That's big strong right. line at 11? And there hertz? was actually one <laughs> that had a maintenance problem, and it wound up with one of them at uh, 10.89 to one. I don't know if that was something I learned in Common Core, <laughs> or maybe later on, but. So, yeah. Um, it was a, uh, you know, they, they really emphasize that because, again, like I said, they're mostly training P3 guys. And a P3 carries three AWs. Two of them are acoustic operators. Sensor one is the senior operator. Sensor two is the, the junior operator. And then you also have a sensor three. He's a non acoustic guy. Radar mad. So they're radios. training a lot of acoustic operators. Yes. You know? Yes. For these squads. And, and the thing and, is, uh, is out of the 15 of us, or how many were in the class at the time before we got down to our final 15, we don't know who in the class is going to be P3 and who's not. So everyone gets right. the everyone gets the, the hard stuff. Because I would think if, if they knew you were going to Hilo ahead of time, okay, you don't need you don't need acoustic analysis. You're out. You know, you go straight. You get more radar theory. I think that would have been a headache for them. Right. I mean, the H3 did have the SDC, um, but we had nothing in the H2. No, we'll he, talk about that yeah. down the road. But um, so okay, so Alpha is the the, in, you know, dipping your toe, getting your understanding what you're really learning. Right, that was a week. There's a test. It wasn't too hard. Um, you, you the the memorization atoms are more again like. What's engine rate? Well, engine rates, crankshaft rate, and cylinder rate. Um, what's blade rate? You know, uh, what's um, what were the other rates we had? There's like three or four um, basic well, you had, basic um, formulas we had to know how to out, coming for out a of diesel alpha. boat. You had the. Um, it depends on whether it was a two cycle or a yeah. four cycle engine. A two, two up, cycle, two uppy downs, and a one round. CSR equals a, <laughs> a, 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 a CR equals a CSR, and on a four stroke. It took two. It took uh, yeah two C uh, two CRs to make one CSR. Yeah, two uppy downs, one roundy round. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's the way I remember it. But yeah, it was like four. It was like four formulas coming out of Alpha and Bravo. That was where it got it got intense because they were. I mean, yeah, it got tough then. All we did was gram analysis all day long, and and um, easily twice we get two new two new. Um, magic asshole formulas to remember I, I, I gotta think of a different way to say it two new formulas to remember almost every day um and and again type one new it was really a nukes. lot of it was a it was definitely firehouse firehose yeah. uh, training uh, i mean yeah there was a lot of information you had to absorb in a short period of time you had to memorize all of it because you couldn't take any of the materials home in fact they would uh, you had to show uh, 
a special badge before you could go behind the cage. Yep. And uh, which you had to display while you were back there. And then, and then uh, they had night ahead. school. I was gonna say that's this is where night school kicked in for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think we took a couple quizzes or something because they had they had to diagnostic they had some they had to decide or determine somehow if you're keeping up. So uh, I definitely I, went to night school. I know that. But Bravo, I think everyone night school no choice. Um, yeah. And night school, I want to tell you is it, we got out of school at noon. You had time to go to lunch, and you come back for two more hours from 1 to 3 in the afternoon. Right? That's how I remember. I remember night school is only like two hours. Do you remember it different? And keeping in mind, while while this is going on, you're still talking about 18 to 22-year-olds pretty much. (laughs) And 18 to 22-year-olds generally, once the training's over, they want to do other stuff. They want to, some guys did sports, you know, again, the guys want to go to the club. Blast other guys are, somehow. you know, go off base, you know, you know, you're, you're trying to also, uh, enjoy yourself as much as possible in between your, uh, commitments to class. And then folks like Mike and myself that were physically qualified to be rescue swimmers got the added bonus of going to the pool and that was our first introduction for me, and maybe for Mike too, of, of meeting a real life Navy SEAL. Oh yeah, Gunner's mate, Guns, first class, Hurt, which was really kind of ironic that his name was Petty Officer Hurt, right? Yes. But he was a really nice guy. And oh yeah, yeah. That, he... that dude was built like a freaking uh, a, a two door refrigerator, though. He yeah. was a freaking monster of a dude. Not, I mean, extremely uh, nice guy, though. And so we had to go swim every day, too. Yeah, but we didn't know we were going to be helicopter people. No, but we met the physical requirements for it. Oh, meaning our eyeballs were not jacked up. Exactly. We had normal vision, depth (laughs) perception. Depth perception, yes. So So guess what? You guys get to go to the pool every day. All of you. And PT. That's right. All of you who's one who's. You know, one of your choices will have to be helicopter. Go see Petty Officer Hurt. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And we go. So to the we pool. would pee, and we PT, do other stuff. But remember that a parkour, right? We yep. Had, we were in the parkour, in and out. When we first got there. Yep. And I didn't really mind that. I mean, that was to me that that was uh, no, like that was kind of fun. I didn't mind that. But you and better. then, as Mike said, we had to deal with the chow hall in the base, which oh, is sort of lackluster. Worst, worst chow hall ever. I do remember. Wasn't there a ghee dunk down the road from our barracks, Mike, that we used to go eat at? You know, like uh, no, I remember. Like, the- I remember the where the BX or the N the next was, but kind of like if you came out of where our barracks was and you went past the next building, you made a left and went down the street. I thought there was a like a next, uh, you know, hamburger joint. Uh, I don't. I you don't know, remember. Kind of a place. I don't remember that. I remember the the um, the Navy Exchange complex had you know it's more like a shopping center because it had you know the Navy Exchange department store area. Yep. It had it also, but it had a snack bar. Um, it had a Baskin Robinson. I remember yeah, that. I remember the <laughs> I remember the Baskin. Now you know Scott's he's kind of glossing over the fact that you know in aircrew school the the word of the day was exercise right we ran we swam 
We sat a little time in a classroom. AWA school is completely opposite. It's all sitting on your butt thinking. And if you're not motivated. It's like the opposite. Yeah. If you're not motivated to keep yourself in shape, you're going to fall out of shape real quick, especially with un- unrestricted access to Baskin Robbins ice cream. Right. Because, yeah, the chow hall is really bad. I mean, I ate. I didn't starve, but I did not enjoy any of the meals there. No, it wasn't really anything memorable. Um, All right. I'm so- trying to remember, um, you know, just to rem- uh, going back, just not to backtrack, but just some of the things that we did, you know, for recreation while we were there. Well, the base um, was split into two halves, right? Yep. It was, it was, there was a North, there was a North, what they call it? North station, South station? No, North. Yeah. The, well, the NAS side, basically where the airfield was. It Cause there's the main, like the main road in Millington split the place in half. So yep, to get right. from one side to the other, there's like a pedestrian bridge. You can go up and over. Um, yep. I remember that. So the, the, the Naval air station side was where the airstrip was, where the rec center was, where the pool yep. was, you know, yep. the, we had horse stables. Um, yep. Went to those movie. They the- had the Navy Lake. Yep, the base movie theater was there. All that stuff was on the other side. So on our side was the book learning and the barracks, and the other side was the rec side. Uh, yeah, I, me- I remember going to the rec center, you know, quite a bit. Yeah, so did I. Uh, I had a friend from – I had a high school Because I think – I remember going there with, uh, like, you and Boomer and some other guys who were over there shooting pool and There was, like, 40 pool out. tables. There was, like, 40 pool tables in that place. It was, it was just yeah. a giant, giant pool hall. Um, yeah, I definitely remember going over there uh, with uh, with uh, Boomer and, uh, you know, pro- probably – I'm trying to like Russ, who, who we really hung, hung out with. I think Russ, it was you and Boomer and I and uh, who? Russ, Russ. Yeah. Kind of our D- little subgroup Dion, that we, we had. Dion, I'm sure, was there. Yeah. He and Russ are pretty close. Yep. yep. Um, and then uh, Dale um, – Chrisman there, the HM3. He was married, though. Yeah, but he was a GO bachelor, though. Was he? His family wasn't there? Probably yeah. not. Because, and Clee was there, but he was married and lived off base, so we never saw him uh. after air crew school. Which probably didn't bother you, but he was in our <laughs> A school class. <laughs> no, I guess it did not bother you. Right. I, you know, here's a funny thing is, I, you know, I remember, like, Bravo. You guys didn't get along from, like, day one in no, Pensacola no, for some no. reason. Just, you know, some people just rub each other the wrong way. It's life. <laughs> yeah. You know, because he's like, he's like your age, right? 23, 24 years old. Probably didn't appreciate 18-year-old punk with a big mouth. I don't know. Yeah. You know, he's married. Yeah, I was 20. I was 22. You know, but I was, yeah, definitely older than you were for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I like I remember sitting in that Bravo classroom, right? Um, Clee sat up front. I can't remember who he sat with. Um, Dion and Russ sat. Yeah, because they were kind of big tables, right? So you could spread out with that. Yeah, uh, two dudes. That big uh, laminated uh, gram. Two two dudes per table. I yep, had a table. That's right. I, I had a table by myself. I sat in the back. Um, that's <laughs> you know you talk about eighteen year old. I still remember Dion sitting there one day and he was just so he was still drunk he was, oh he was hung over he was, bad he was still i think he was still drunk because he was like singing to himself and whatnot and he was having a hard time focusing oh. um but yeah that, do you remember okay so navy relief was going on and the instructors would have these like blackjack games going on in the break room you remember that yeah going yeah, there and, yep and uh 
you got half the pot, the other half went to Navy Relief. And of course, the other fun aspect there of uh, of uh, A School was also the what was it Thursday afternoon or Friday that we had the field day that whole freaking place. Uh, I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember field daying the schoolhouse. I do. I remember emptying the trash, you know, at the end of the day, but I don't remember busting yeah. out. Uh, uh, no, I, I remember like having to strip the deck and uh, and wax and mop and all that shit. Uh, um, but you, now, then just your own classroom because everyone, you know, every classroom was occupied. Yeah, I think there was one time though they had we had to do like the main the main passageway. Um, huh. And was there a gee dunk in that building? There was down, the AE, down by the between AE, the AEA school and ours, right? By the hangar, because there's a hangar yeah. or, or warehouse or whatever, like in the middle. Yeah, right off of that. Right, right off of that was a gee dunk. But I hardly went down there. Yeah, I remember going down there. Yeah, I went down there a few times. Yeah, yeah once or twice, but not not on the reg or regular because it was i mean that was a big building <laughs> you know yeah it was and, huge and yeah you got, you got 10 minutes for a break you know you don't got time to zoom, get all the way down there stand in a line buy whatever yeah, crap right. you want and come back so if i um usually if we had a longer break for some reason i'd go down there but yeah but that bravo was a very uh yeah uh, challenging uh and you always like as mike has raised you always had that specter of being aboard the USS Never Dock with a purple jersey on, dragging <laughs> if fuel failed, hoses yes. in the back of mine, or a blue shirt with chocks and chains. Jades. So you kind of motivated you to uh, really pay attention. And, and I mean, you wanted to do well anyway, but you still kind of had that in the background that uh, you didn't want to get sent to the fleet as a non-rate because they did sort of, you know, throw that out there. A you lot. Know, if you guys uh, – <laughs> Bomb a test twice. It's going to be see you later. Yeah, and and uh, the Navy you know, at that point is under no obligation to honor their contract with you. Yep, because as far as uh, they were concerned, you have accomplished zero at that point. Yep. <laughs> um. So yeah, we all we all passed through uh, with uh, uneventfully, obviously, you know, because we passed the test. Yeah. Um. I don't remember if I passed it with flying colors or not, but but I passed it. I, I, uh, and I don't like that too much. I did well enough. I mean, in the final analysis, I, I, I wound up third in our class, and I think Mike was ahead of me. Like you were first I'll or second. second. I'll I second. Russ Miller was first. Yeah, Russ was a very. Uh, he was a, a really smart guy. This is one of our, our, uh, schoolmates there that uh, you know we were, we were with a really athletic guy. Uh, Quiet dude. Kind of soft spoken. Yeah. Uh, but very smart and also Sar athletic. So he kind of had everything going on. Very sarcastic dude too. <laughs> yeah. 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 He that's right. He was, <laughs> but, but he was, he was very likable though. I yeah, mean, yeah. uh, pretty much there wasn't anybody that didn't like, uh, didn't like him. So then we moved on to what was known Char as Charlie. And this is when everybody said, this is, this is when you got it made really. Yeah. Now, it, it, the rest of a school was pretty much coasting. Correct. As a matter of fact, once you because passed all that was was oral listening. After Charlie. Yeah. After what was Charlie? Wasn't that oral listening? No, Charlie was more acoustic, but um, oh, it was. But it was only a week, and it was uh, just like reinforcement, right? Oh, okay. They, you didn't get anything new. It was more about getting your speed up. Oh, okay. Repetition. Yeah. You know, here's a gram. 
go. All right, pencils yeah. down. Who? And it was like a lot of it was honor system, right? Because they would throw the gram up on the screen. Okay, who got this flying frequency? Who saw this? Oh, that's saw... right. I remember that now. It, yeah, I do remember that. You know, it, so it was, it was much. Because that's when they wanted to. That's when they got on you. They did not want you sight recoing gram. I remember that now. <laughs> they did not want you to sight reco grams. Well, they wanted you to analyze them. Because. But after a while, you knew what it was because you'd only seen it like thirty times before because they were using the same ones. Yes. Over only, and over again. They only right? had so. They only had such and such a you know certain supply of you know type one nuke grams, right? <laughs> so yep. right away, oh, I've seen this. I've already seen this exact gram. Yeah. times all right click 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 yeah. here's my little tick marks yeah so it was it was much more yeah it was repetition and and get your speed up and very yeah so go ahead so once alpha bravo charlie was complete that's when we're in the coasting mode uh, um because how many weeks have we been there at that point mike up to uh, then how many we gotta have to add that up I'd pick it up my calculator as we speak all right so one for math plus one for nav plus two for radar mad plus one ocean o was one week or two i think it was two all right i put it in for all right so here so that's six weeks alpha one week bravo two weeks charlie one week that's 10 weeks are you sure it was 12 it wasn't 12 week course uh, maybe it was 12 weeks. I thought the whole thing was like, we left June, it ended June 1st. We shipped out on June 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now I got, because we got the there like January, something or other. February, right? February or February. Yeah. February. All right, here. Let, see, now I'm going to bust out the calculator. So not the calculator, the calendar. All right. Uh, let's see. We want... so they were there just roughly four uh for four months almost 83 so january we know that okay so one two uh three four we left pence we left pensacola on february 18th mm -hmm. i want to say we uh, that was our weekend a fun so i want to say we started um we class classes started up on thursdays right because every thursday we mm -hmm. moved up friday was the next thing yep. so um Friday, Thursday was test day, Friday, new class. So Friday, uh, April, Friday, February 25th is our first day of class. So one, two, March 11th is two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen weeks gets me to May 27th, which is a Friday, but I know for a fact we left on June 1st. Yeah. Yep. So maybe the actual exact start date. So uh, it wasn't 16 weeks. I know that. Yeah, I don't um, know. 16 weeks, kind of. I think you're right. I think it was 12 uh, plus the theoretical two weeks of uh, a fun of a fun. But yeah, once so once, was, once Charlie was over, we were allowed to call ourselves AWs. That's right. And we're we're yep. allowed to put the the rating insignia on our uniform. Yep. And um, that was the week we also got our picture taken i want to say yep because yeah and uh and then i think the last thing left was just oral listening right yes is that yes and that was like a total breeze and i remember we had Complete. we had aw2 bergal as the art instructor yeah. a little short guy with a yeah. mustache 
complete gimme. And he was pretty ch- Yeah. That was a complete gimme. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he was telling us what the things were <laughs> actually. As yeah, a, during the test. We played you, them. You look up and you'd be acting them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was kind of kind of a little hokey. Yeah. Um, but again, there So then. Uh, okay, but now we got to uh, back you know, up. We got to back up. At some yep. point, it's some point during. I want to say it's probably at the very beginning of Charlie. We got the we got the platform pitches. All right, different guys from the different communities came in and told us what VP was like, what VS was like, what HS right. was like, what HSL was like. Because is that when we did our dream sheet, right around then. Probably, yeah, probably it was like a paper. It was like I remember it had green print on it, if I remember correctly. Because when Charlie was over, that was. And you passed the test for Charlie, then you were considered Great an AW, numbers. and you and you needed to make your choice. Oh, and, yep. all, and all of you who have 2020 vision, depth perception, one of the check boxes has to be helicopter. Right, and I I put uh, HSL West and then HSL uh, uh, East because I made up my mind then I want to go to Hawaii, so I was kind of setting myself up to try to do that so 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 you were going to fly h2s no matter what yeah right yep and i and it was just something about uh uh you know the fact that you're the only guy and you go out on a frigate yeah and i felt that was more like what the real navy was about rather than going out on the carrier and just being a, a face in a crowd of six thousand people you're going to be on a small boy and i think maybe that's kind of maybe i bought uh bought off on whatever uh, were there even any H2AWs as A, a school instructors when we were there? I, I don't remember. I any. don't remember any. I do remember we had a couple of Hilo dudes because the Hilo dudes talked, yeah. up, talked up the Hilo community, like you know. Yeah. Well, what well, like our... I remember Dave Dave Hewitt because I you know became, I knew Dave Hewitt for years after that. Uh, and then Senior Chief Struthers, who uh, I knew later, I knew later on in Japan when he was the shop chief in uh, HS12. He was the leading. Chief chief in a school um but yeah I, I remember that and then i was like yeah i'm gonna do the h2 thing um well that, that was that was my thing i'm thinking okay if i'm gonna do carrier aviation i want it to be fixed wing right tail hook right yeah that's, that's yep. what everybody knows about carrier aviation um and if i have to choose a helicopter i'm not choosing carrier helicopter so that was the that was the thinking then, and since I had to pick helicopter, the only thing I could guarantee was my duty station. I can only guarantee that I was going to North Island next. So, you know, I picked both both platforms, VS and HSL West. So, um, just reminiscing about a few things, like at one point, uh, you might not remember, but I... I uh, I came down with uh, tendonitis, and I was actually straggling to school with crutches for a couple weeks. So that was. Uh, no, I don't remember. How did you get that? I just I was just uh, you know running a lot, and uh, it just was really really bothering me. I went to sick call, and uh, yeah, it looks like yeah you're you're you got tendonitis in your one of your ankles, so we're gonna have you on light duty for two weeks. So I was straggling, and I had was on crutches for a couple weeks. Yeah, just like to help support, you know, keep the weight off of my yeah. ankle. That and Common Core uh, would be the there only was somebody two... there... Go, go ahead. ahead. I'll say but that and Common Core would be the only two times you could without fear go go complain about something hurting you. 
Yeah. Because the rest of the time you'd be, right. you'd be, you know, MPQ, you're down. Exactly, you yeah. And maybe, and maybe it had been nagging me, and then I, you know, kind of let it go for too long. I was kind of hesitant about going to to sickbay. But, uh, you know, that resolved itself. You know, they gave me some uh, what we called in the Navy vitamin M, you know, 500 milligrams <laughs> of Motrin. You'd be fine in two weeks. And, and I was, you know, yeah. young, young and cleared up. Heels and. I remember uh, as far we haven't talked about uh, like duty that we had to stand. So Ugh. as far as watches, I stood three different kinds of watches there. One was a fire watch. Yep, I did that. On each deck, you just kind of wandered around, and that really sucked on the weekends because you can't watch. You you kind of like hang out in the lounge, you know, and try to watch some of the football game or whatever. I remember doing that on a Sunday one time. I had that, and I think that was a four-hour watch. Yep. You had to get up and walk around every once yep. in a while, make sure the place wasn't catching fire. Yep. And then the other watch I had, which sucked, was um, the uh, – the, the, remember they had a little guard shack before you went into the barracks? Yep. There yep. was a watch there, and you had to stand in that one in the freaking gunfighters. I did that one a couple times, you know, like at, you know the freaking mid to four in the morning watch. Yeah. Check, did that a couple times because you're checking in you're checking ids right people come in exactly yeah and liberty cards too yep. and, and liberty cards yeah and then i stood the watch over in the in the duty daddy remember they had like the the one-story building in the middle yep yep at the like barracks the lounge, that was yeah. like the duty office yeah uh, i stood that watch and you're in there actually with like you're you're the runner for there was like a you know like a first or second class petty officer that was like the kind of like the asdo and a squadron assistant squadron duty officer yeah and uh that was a that was a really easy one you know we just sat there and watched tv for four hours pretty much we had, um, we had okay so we had three section duty right one one yeah. one section per floor yep and was it Every every day it changed or every week? I can't remember I now. Can't remember I just that know either. that I had duty on the weekends a couple times where I had to do that stupid fire watch. Well, that, the fire watch is terrible on a Friday or Saturday night. Or, oh, because all the drunks are all coming the, back then. All the dumbasses are coming back. Oh. <laughs> and you got to keep them from, you know, relieving themselves in the hallway and, you know, <laughs> making right, sure they right. find their room. Yeah, and, and if you're, I never really remember running into too many problems uh, uh, with that watch. I I remember one the one of the first times I stood that watch outside. It was still freaking winter time. Uh, maybe the first couple weeks we were there. It was like I I had to wear my I had my pea coat on the watch cap and the gloves and froze my butt off. I was there. actually surprised yeah. at how at how poor the weather was in. In that part it, of the it, was, it was not particularly nice. You know, that, that spring, I believe, when we were there, it, it was pretty once. rainy. It, ra- it, flooded, yeah, it flooded. flooded once. The, it was cold. And then, and then I guess, come you know July and August, it gets super hot and humid. And Yep, yeah. Pretty miserable climate, actually, there. Uh, um, and then uh, uh, I ran afoul of discipline once when I was there, ooh. which I don't know if you're no, I yeah. didn't. I didn't get in any kind of trouble there. I, I would... yeah. Well, it was. I don't know. Maybe you're about halfway through. Maybe like a third of the way through. I don't know exactly how it happened, but I wound up. Uh, you had to be out there to march off. At the time, the marching petty officer said, uh, "You know, 
attention and then march off. So if you weren't in the formation when that command came up, you know, you're you're okay. uh, you get you get your liberty card pulled. So at that time the marching POs they they were third class and one of them was uh it's kind of a kind of a jackass actually. Um that third class uh a, a tall black kid. Oh, um uh, uh, I know who you're talking about. He was in my SAR school class. He's in my SAR school class. Yeah, I did not like him anyway. For some reason, just like, you know, certain people rub you the wrong way. You know, I thought he seemed. I forget. I can't. Uh, He's in my SAR school class. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, and then he wasn't very popular later on either either, either when he went to the fleet, um, as it turned out. But he was kind of a jackass, but he was one of the marching POs. Because all the marching POs were the third class, you know, the petty officers. Well, that, the cross rates, right? There were a lot of cross rates. Yeah, People exactly. that were something that were third else. classes because the E5s could straggle no matter whether they were living off base or, or whatever their status was. They didn't even live. The ones that were cross rating their E5 and above, they lived in the staff barracks. We never saw them except for class. And okay. our class, we didn't have any. Yeah, we, we had I, I, never, I never saw an E5 in school. The yeah, I never is, did either. Funny thing is, Joiner was in my he was in my SAR school class and he was an E five. Yeah, well, Carl Brown was an E five and he was my he was in my SAR school class. Um, so yeah, so I got my freaking Liberty card pulled. <laughs> How late were you? How late were you? Like seconds? I was literally like walking up, <laughs> and, and you know it would have been like if I was him, I would have just looked the other way. But, but no, he freaking came over and grabbed my freaking you know give me your Liberty card or whatever. I'm like fuck. What so that's, uh, that's a now I got a report to the duty daddy because uh, they always had. Remember, if you remember correctly, they they had a instructor that had the duty that had to sleep yeah. overnight in the barracks. Yes, 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 right there, right so off the right just, off the quarter deck. Yeah. Yep. So it just so happened that the duty daddy was 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 uh, GMG one petty officer <laughs> <To> hurt. hurt. <laughs> yep. And you remember he always had a big freaking thing, a red man in his mouth too, oh, right? Man. You know, here's a funny thing he, is He was a character. He really you, was. If you think about it, you're a SEAL, right? Yeah. You're a SEAL and GMG won in 83, so you know, he's he's probably been in since the 70s. I don't know if he's seen any yeah. real – I think he might even have been a Vietnam veteran. I seem to remember he had like a like a bronze star with a V or something okay, like so that. Okay, he's, so he's seen he's, – you know, he's seen some stuff, right? And here, here yeah. is it is, and here he is like in shore duty. He's in he's supervising the he's, physical fitness and swim <laughs> instruction of a bunch of freaking yahoo snot nosed kids, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, that pro, you know, either he loved it or he hated it, right? There's no middle ground I there. I think he, I think he, I think he was so he was so chill because we report it was me and another actually somebody else. It was me and another. I forget who it wasn't. It somebody from our class, but. So we reported to him, and, and I remember him sitting at his desk, and he kind of smiled and says, all right, what, here's what I want you to do. He had us go out and, uh, like, uh, um, do some cleaning because we had two, got two hours of extra duty was our what? You know, EMI. We got EMI. We got EMI <laughs> I don't right? remember extra that at all. I don't remember what happened. You get into trouble. That's hilarious. Yeah, and I got I got two hours of EMI, and, and, and part of it was uh, – we did some cleaning, and then uh, he told us to get into PT gear, and we went out and ran like three or three miles oh or something. Gosh. And and then and then before the thing, the time was even up. He just said, "All right, get lost." 
so he was pretty cool um i never forget being at the pool one time and i challenged him to a race of, of i think it was breaststroke or butterfly and he swam with a big freaking chew of red man in his <laughs> mouth I'm like, oh shit and i freaking beat him too but he was a good guy yeah he was um let's see uh off base activities like you talked about going to the navy lake uh the oh. horseback riding did that so the so the big I, thing the big thing when that i remember was going to the mall in memphis or yep was i remember it, doing that i don't know if it was actually in memphis it might have been some suburb outside but there's a mall with a right with an ice skating rink in it and, i definitely remember going there and for sure and there was a there was a, a clothing store that uh, had a reputation of um girls that were handsy oh so okay one of my roommates was I a guy that. I, would have, I would have remembered something <laughs> like that one, one of my roommates was a guy named Mike Felky and Mike Felky wanted to buy himself some parachute pants and so we go to the mall and someone said go go wasn't the brass rail I can't remember the name of the shop might have been the brass rail. I don't know go in there try some parachute pants on and the girl will check the fit for you so, like, oh. so they wear these parachute pants to get felt up by the, you know, by the helper staff there. And then uh, the other thing I remember is that ice skating ring had a, a bar restaurant at, at one end of it. Was it, it wasn't a TGI Fridays, but it was something that a flaming pitcher of death was there was like their signature drink. Right. And, and they had these mountain of nachos. And then the local community colleges would have their little hockey games in there mm -hmm. and so you could sit in there in this bar watching mm -hmm. dudes pummel each other with sticks you know playing you know some serious hockey while you're getting drunk on the flaming pitcher of death and eating nachos yeah and, and i don't know if you did it but do you remember they had like a uh you could sign up for a tour of memphis and yeah they but took I, you around. I didn't... they showed you like the uh like where martin luther king was assassinated and we went out to that what is it Mud, Mud Island, Mud or Island. Whatever. Yeah, I heard about that. I I did not I did not go into Memphis, but you know that was, was a good deal though. And I'm the sure good it was. deal about it was at the very end they took you to the uh, a VFW post and they had all these little old ladies that laid out this massive freaking potluck supper that was like after eating that crap in the chow oh hall it was gosh. like oh my, and then I did it a couple more times just to go to the freaking uh, you know the buffet afterwards. That's something that's lost. I don't think anybody does that anymore. Look after the youngsters. No. Which is kind so of So that sad. was really That was cool. It I, is kind of sad. I didn't I didn't I did not know. I remember going to the mall though. I remember uh us going to the mall. Yeah. And doing that. I remember going uh, to the to the uh to the go-kart track. Yep. The Monica Definitely remember doing track. that. Um I remember we shot a lot of pool like we talked uh, about earlier. And I was still I sucked at it. Even after, yeah. Even after twelve well, weeks, Boomer, of, was a, Boomer was a pretty good pool player. Yeah, he was. That's I remember. Pool shark. Uh, Lots of dudes had their own sticks. Remember that? Yep, I Lots think of... Boomer had his own stick. Fortunately, you know, and I also played at the time on the on the softball team because the AW A school won the captain's cup while we were there, and I was uh, I played on the softball team. You, you know that here's something sad is is that I did not know that existed, and I yeah. would have gone to at least watch, right? I would have gone to support our team, watch, cheer them right. on, whatever. Never knew it. Never knew it existed. Yeah, I, I, I they put out feelers or something because I 
played in the softball league before I went in the Navy. And so I was, you know, I played a lot of softball and, and, uh, we actually won, um, the AW barracks won a softball tournament in the captain's cup. That's cool. Um, I, I only went into Millington, actual, the uh, village, the, the town of Millington, because I, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car, either, but I had, we had friends. So you had to, it was a pretty good walk, too, actually. Yeah, it was not walkable. I no, mean, I think I did it once, and I was like, you know what, this is not really a cool thing to do. I, so there's a dude, I don't remember if you remember him, but his name was Pat Parenti. And he had a giant, no. he had a giant Pontiac Polaris. Oh, freaking land yacht! Yeah, and he would take he would take carloads of SAWs out in the town to the Taco Bell, or to the T-shirt shop. You know the T-shirt shop that had the uh, yeah you know, the, the rating T-shirts for everybody. You know, um, right? I, I well, remember they were selling shirts at the AWA school too. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get one of those. My yeah, w, my I, I bought an H two shirt there. Actually, I'd say I don't remember Toward that. Toward the very end, that's funny. I don't remember yeah. that. But yeah, Pat would would say, "I'm going to town. Anyone want to tag along?" Right. So the first six dudes, because his car fits seven or eight, whatever, right. said, "I'll go." You know, get in. Let's go. Um, he was pretty chill about that. So that's usually how I got my, got to see my the town of Millington. We were actually on our way back from a run to Taco Bell. I want to say, and I don't know if you remember the, but there's the main drag that headed from Millington up towards the base, you know, that main drag that right. split the base in two. And yep. there, and there's a road that came in at an angle off of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So the main drag would stop and the light would let this angle road get onto the main drag coming from, from the left. If you're facing towards the bay. So one day we're sitting there watching, uh, you know, that the left, that angling road has the right of way and their lights green and whatever. And some dude in a big old fat truck, lifted truck, ran the light and crashed into like two people flipped his truck over right and we saw it right in front of us like what the heck right so yeah so you know all the aw guys were first aid certified right come out of so you know we all jump out of the car well the dude that caused the accident hops out of his truck and runs off the runs off into the field that was next to the road there right just takes off running wow that's pretty crazy two two marines (laughs) went after him right and dragged his ass back, and he was a cool. he was a service member. That he was drunk. He was he was drunker. Um, he was in bad shape, and you know, come from the base, probably an instructor on staff, of one mm-hmm. of the many A schools there. And yep, you know, we held the Marines held him there till the police showed up, and we're just like, oh, that guy's over. His career, he's in deep shit. His career yep. is done. Um, yep, it was a it was a gnarly accident. Nobody got hurt, thankfully. But holy cow, that was crazy. Yeah, so, the, you know, I'm just trying to reach back in the cobwebs and, you know, uh, remember some of the stuff that we did. Uh, I remember uh, going to the club, and I wasn't really too keen on the club all that much just because the la- the maturity level in that club was just it was low. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it was, seemed to be this tension. I don't know what, what where it came from. But there seemed to be this tension between the AWs and the AOs in that club. And I believe... That sounds right. Didn't a freaking big-ass brawl break out there one night when we were there, Mike? Between the AWs and the AOs? 
I don't remember a brawl. I do remember, though, um, it was a lot like... Because those guys used to sit there and start drinking. They'd start doing that, oh, and like, okay. oh, my God. Like, what ah. is this, like uh, junior high school <laughs> yes, or yes. what? I, I remember them shouting that out, but I don't I don't remember any uh, any fisticuffs. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I went there. I don't know that I was – I don't know that I was there when it happened. I think I might – I think I'd heard that there was some type of a uh. altercation there at the club that involved maybe the AOs and the Marines and the AWs somehow got them mixed in with it too, or something like that. Because um, us cocky SOBs, man, we'll jump in any scrap. Yep. So, but, I, I but would, yeah, the club kind of like, I was like, I was sort of really eh it on was, the club just It wasn't because very nice. It was kind of, it was kind of, I don't want to use the word run down, but it wasn't fancy, right? Kinda right. Dance floor. DJ. I don't remember any live music there. I remember DJ. Um, but I would go there on the regular because um, so I had a friend from high school that was there, stationed there. And buddies I had made in basic training were there. So if I wanted to check in with those dudes, it was usually at the club. Um, right. I remember meeting, walking there. I don't know who I was walking with, but there was a, a pair of girls, you know, waves, whatever they call yeah. it. They were walking. They were fresh out of boot camp. They were wearing. They were wearing gunfighters to the club. And, right. Um, we ended up striking up a conversation. And I talked one of them into going to air crew school. <laughs> oh, cool. And and uh, next thing I know, I run into her at VRC thirty in North Island. Like you know, six months later. Wow. Uh, Small world, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had the WM barracks next to our barracks. Oh, yes. And there was some shenanigans going on there, of course. Yes. Uh, I, mean, I think for, some of the AW guys were, uh, you know, they were, of course, having some extracurricular Dude, activities with on. them. My, my, my bedroom window, my room window looked out on their quarter deck, it, so I could. Yeah, see unfortunately, all, I did not have that. Uh, mine faced the freaking parking lot. I could see all those idiots going in and out, or you know, hanging out waiting for girls to come out. Um, right. I made friends with a couple of them. Uh, yeah, them, I did too. There was one girl. I remember her name was was Pat Ramsey. I don't know how I can remember her name, but she's a cute blonde gal. You know, and I, I went horseback riding uh, with her, and then uh, we went down to that Navy Lake a couple times and stuff. Nothing, nothing more than just sort of like kind of like being friends, only because I was like, look, I know I'm leaving, I know you're leaving, I'm not going to get myself mixed up in anything because got the almost every guy I knew that got mixed up into some kind of thing while they're going through a school wound up in some kind of messy divorce or something. Yeah, no. Uh, the, the, woman, yeah. the woman Marine I made friends with, her name was Leslie German. Oh, and, okay. And uh, another person I ran into in North Island sometime later, she was a ASE, right? Uh, mm-hmm. She worked on um, NCA Ground support. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The she, yellow gear. Yeah, yeah. And she was... Uh, she uh, she passed through North Island for something on her way to Hawaii. So she was, I'm sure she was at Kaneohe Bay. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So that the the WMs. They we had some not so nice names for them too. Some of those girls were not. Yeah. They weren't very nice. No. Yeah. Exactly. You know. And I and and. Uh, I think there was one time that we went down into downtown Memphis, uh, like to Beale, uh, Beale Street. Beale Street, yeah. And uh, I think that was like right before we were leaving. I actually met like a really nice uh, girl there. It turned out she was a, um, a WM also. She had just got there. 
Um, See, I don't, that one, I, I think that might have been the only time that uh, that I recall going down into uh, you know the Beale Street area there. To, I wasn't old enough to drink uh, in Tennessee, so I didn't do that. If I yeah. if, I, if I wanted to get drunk, it was either you had to go to the club or if we went to that to that whatever restaurant that was at the ice skating rink, they didn't check IDs for the you know the one guy. Oh, would, okay. would go to the bar and order the flaming picture of death and bring it back to the table and right. you know share it. And if you didn't get stupid. They really didn't care. They probably knew you were sailors anyway, so. Uh, well, people either have good impressions of sailors or not so good impressions. Right? There's no... Usually generally not so yeah. good for the most part. Um, uh, what yeah, else I'm just good? like racking my brain for. Um, I don't know what else to say about Memphis. About uh, Memphis, you know, and then it came I, time for graduation and we were I do know in a classroom. We had. I do know we had some time in between finishing oral listening we had to take an we had to take a uh, an outgoing PT test. I remember that. Yep. That was yep. during the week after we had to go. Remember we had to sit in a room and tear up all our school books. Yep, I remember doing that too. Yeah. Um, get them ready to go in a burn bag. Um, other checkout kind of things. And then yeah, and grad- that's when we were straggling, right? Yeah. We didn't, yeah, have, we didn't have to march. march with the class. Yeah. Because yep. all our stuff was at odd hours. Yeah. Right? Not at six in the morning and all that. Um, right. Now, I remember graduation. Uh, we didn't have a big, we didn't, was there, was a. The CO have, was there. The captain was there. Uh, the captain the of the CO base, right? Of, uh, yeah, well, the command, captain of, or he was a captain and he was the commander of uh, NATTC. Okay. And I remember him being at our graduation and handing out the letters, you know, because at that point you didn't, uh, they had us seated, I think, by our rank, our class rank, by our rank or was it our rank or our order of, of, of uh, grade? Order of grade. Like how well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, order of grade. And uh, yeah, I remember uh, sitting up in the front row there uh, next to you and uh, I forget who uh, after that and, uh, you know, the, the CEO handing out the letters that we had high honors and all that good stuff. That was kind of that was kind of cool. I could probably gen- I could probably find that somewhere in my I stash have of crap. Yeah. God. I yeah. Mean- I, I saved a lot of stuff. I saved the cover of my uh, AWA school orientation got book guide, whatever you want <laughs> really? to call it. You need to yeah, I've it. got that, scan and it. I think I've got scan a book, it. a workbook from A Fun around laying around somewhere that I uh, that I kept because uh, none of that was classified stuff, so. The only, I think I hung on to one of those. The only books I have is the the SAR school book and the HSL 31 aircrew training book. Yeah, I have the um yeah, I have that uh handout the 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 uh disentanglement procedures. Um they call it different I have now, that. by the way. Oh, do they? Yeah. Ah, that's all right. We don't we don't want to tangent. You know what I really just to kind of go on a sidebar, uh, I really regret that I could not go down to that H2 reunion uh, two years ago down in Pensacola. Yeah, I missed that. When they, uh, when they uh, formally uh, presented the, the newly restored helicopter H2, uh, of which I have flight time in, which um, really? is kind of neat. What's the number? Yeah. Uh, 151314, I think. On, Either one five one three one two or three one four, and I think it was an HSL thirty one bird when we were there. All right. But I looked at my records and saw that I had time in it. Oh yeah, I I, I put all my records up in a 
in electronic format so I could look them up. Whenever, well, whenever I see an H2, new H2 picture on Facebook, I'll usually put my time in it if I have any. Yeah, I put a bunch of, uh, up there the other day. I don't yeah. know if you had a chance yeah, to see Yeah, I those. commented. Yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, right, at one, that point, I had. Oh, go ahead. 151. 312 or 314, I think. I have, I have time in 312. Five I point, think it is 312. 5.2 hours of night, two and a half hours a day, 7.7 7. 7 total hours. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty the, sure. The time, the date. One of them makes me think it was a syllabus hop, and mm-hmm. the uh, the other one makes me think it was I was uh, just filling in for, you know, uh, an FRP's flight, and I was just a qualified crewman in the back burning some holes. Right. It was, it was sandbag. Yeah, <laughs> self loading Bal- cargo ballast. Because yeah, it, it was twenty six March yeah. of eighty four. Oh, you we were done by then pretty much i yeah. was i'd already left by then i, I want to say my France. last flight in hsl 31 might have been in april early april so yeah yeah um, i pcs to hawaii i think it was march 22nd something like that yeah i, I was well, i was syllabus complete in like february but then you know we had to wait for yeah i flew my ass off actually after i was complete they're yeah. like <laughs> well you're gonna be around here your port call isn't until like march 22nd yeah, so, yeah. we're gonna you're you gonna know, wait you, yeah you're going to be uh, schedule fodder, and I didn't care because all I had to do was show up for the flight ske- on the flight schedule, and that was it. Yeah, um, you know, or that's when they send you to the to the uh, shipboard firefighting, and you got sent to. Yeah, I did that. You yep. Got sent to the ASW base to be, uh, you know, a pretend air crewman, you know, a pretend uh, aviation asset. Yeah, I also did it in the West when you, you know, they had a pilot one and you'd act like the AW. Yeah, yeah. You know, just go in there and press the radar tack nap button. Yeah. <laughs> or, the mad, or the mad button, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, at that point, um, I made the decision that uh, I wasn't want to go. I'd kind of made the decision that I was going to go home on leave when Christmas came up. Um, of course, we're, you know, six months away from that. But so I was going to go ahead and just continue training. So yeah, okay. So um, this is where our, this I is didn't where we take split. leave. I took two weeks yeah. off. I took two weeks. Now off. here's the strangest thing about this, Mike. So we finished up, and um, I'm I'm done, just like you are. And you guys uh, probably got your plane tickets at Sato. You know the scheduled yep. airline ticket off yep. on base. Yep. Well, I had told whomever the powers that be, you know, what are you going to do? Are you taking any leave? No. And and then I had this report no later than date that isn't for two more weeks or whatever. Three weeks. What? I forget what it was. Oh, yeah. So you got my leave report anyway? no later than date. I did I wasn't going to take leave, but I didn't my report no later than date in in North Island wasn't for like a couple of weeks. But I wasn't going to take leave and go home. So I did not have a plane ticket. So I told them, and they literally gave me a, a, a voucher, and I had to go down to the to Sato and buy my ticket to you know to PCS. Wow. Uh, and and uh, yeah, so I went to Sato that day because everybody left that day. Yeah. And and went. I remember going down there with this voucher, you know, for the amount of money that a plane ticket would be to go uh, from Memphis to. Uh, 
San Diego and I got the plane ticket. I don't remember how I got from uh, Millington to the airport, but I got to the airport. I remember it was a, a Frontier Airlines 737 that went from Memphis to Denver and Denver to San Diego. Got to San Diego at night. And, uh, <laughs> like of course, I had no idea where the hell I, I was. I'd never been there before. But keep in mind, I didn't have to be anywhere, but I knew I was going to check in the next day. But I got in, it was like maybe like, uh, I don't know, like uh, 8, 9 o'clock at night. And, uh, you know, I still had my valid airline ID because I've been working for uh, uh, an airline right before as a ramp person. Okay. And I got like a really cheap hotel room there on Harbor Island there where the Marriott was. And, you know, and then I got up and I look across the bay and there's the base. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's North Island. That's cool. Took a cab. A cab. Uh, I remember going across the, uh, the bridge, the Bay Bridge, and I'm just like had morning. this this, you know, anticipation and uh, somewhat a sense of nervousness because now I'm completely by myself. Like you know, all of my my little support network that I had for yeah. the first because we traveled you know, together the last couple times, right? We all traveled in a group. Exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. on my own, right? And. Uh, they dropped me off at the quarter deck, and then the the duty driver came and and, and uh, took me to the duty office there at HC one. And I remember the, it was an ensign who was actually the SAR division officer, just happened to be a, aviator. Uh huh. Um, checking me in and all that, and he's like, "Oh, you're not supposed to even be here for two weeks or something." <laughs> Or what have you? And like, yeah, yeah, I didn't take any leave. He's like, okay, and uh, well, we're not really sure what to do with you. But uh, um, he got me. Uh, I think I had. I don't remember. You know, I wound up in the barracks. You know, the SAR barracks, uh, the notorious uh, 864, as we called it, <laughs> which was really was like a serious F troop of a barracks. Yeah, it I was. Mean, it was an awesome place. <laughs> looking back on it, it really was. It was I awesome... mean, it was nothing fancy, but nope. it was probably the dumpiest barracks but that was kind of a good thing because they didn't really mess with us while we were there yep nope and we built camaraderie and you know we had our own little wing yep yeah, it had awesome. a central head i think yeah but it was just for that wing of the barracks it wasn't close to the chow hall but they had good bus service on the base there at north island yes. and then and, and at this point everyone has a car well not everyone enough people have a car that you yeah, didn't have, you didn't have to take the bus if you didn't want to. You but it was conveniently located across the street from a Navy Exchange twenty-four hour snack <laughs> That's bar, right. Of which more, I ate many a patty more, melt. More calories, there. more bad calories. Of course. Yeah, but see, at that point, I mean, yeah. once we started rescue swimmer school, or you know, because I I was in the class ahead of you, I could burned. not eat enough. No, we burned. Not we were, keep from losing weight. We we're burning it, burning it like nobody's business. All right. Well, I think I checked in. I was like maybe a hundred and. 80 pounds and then i graduated from rescue swimmer school i was down to like 170 but i was like a lean mean wow. rescue swimmer machine by then wow all right well then let's we gotta save the we gotta save the sar school stories for next time yeah exactly that's what i was thinking you know uh, i've uh i'm here in uh beautiful san diego uh nas north island and now the the uh the real fun begins yeah it's start we're like halfway through at that point just about all right. Yep. So, so then, so then we'll uh, we'll we'll stop reminiscing here. Um, we'll take this opportunity to 
tell folks if you want to reach out, if you have your own spin on these stories to tell, or if you want to add to what happened when you went through before or after us, uh, you can drop us a line. We each have an email address, mike at navalair.net or scott at navalair.net. Uh, send us an email and uh, you know let us know if you want to. You can even come on and talk if you'd like. We're not uh, we're not opposed to people coming in and contributing to the project. Ooh, so I'm not to change. Oh, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. Sorry, my. That's all right. Um, yeah. What were you gonna say? Uh, it completely has nothing to do with what we're talking uh, uh, about. So I just <laughs> wait till you sign up. Oh, okay. All right. Make a note then. All right. So um, yeah. So drop us a line. Let us know. And um, hopefully you, you can continue to tune in and uh, join us as we keep reminiscing. And we're going to say goodnight at this point and ask you all to stay safe. And God bless. Yeah.